0: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All
1: right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man?
2: Hey, I am. You're back. I am back. It is still October. It is October 19th. And I'm ashamed at the amount of Oktoberfest still in my fridge. I've, I've only purchased two six-packs this year. They're still there. So I'm, I'm taking one for the team. I'm drinking one tonight. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. I'm, I've just been so slow to get around to drinking my favorite beer during my favorite time of the year. Something may be wrong.
1: Well, it may be uh, tech football. What's wrong <laughs> with the world? Keith Patterson. Ooh. Ooh. You're getting specific, getting specific on just from the start. Two man defensive lines. (laughs) We're taking a step further than the, the generic Texas tech fans are like, we're playing with a three man line and we're getting eaten up. It's like guys, we're playing with a two man defensive line. Sometimes.
2: He's trolling us all, man. This is is all part of the master plan. He's like, Oh, okay. You don't like the three man front. Let's see what you think about a two man rush.
1: And I didn't, I don't understand. I, I, I don't know if it was like Boyer Randall or somebody was was standing up on the end. It was like, all right, I guess we're going that way. But like legit, there were several plays early on in the game against Kansas. You had two defensive line with their hands in the ground. It's like, what is happening? Well, Anyways, I don't
2: think Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Sorry. They, that was not intentional. I don't, don't think Kansas passed the ball on this very well. So there you go.
1: Yeah. It didn't end up making a difference. And as my brother pointed out, it's like, it didn't, it didn't matter, but like you were slanting away from the play so many times that like a better team is going to eat you up. It's like, yeah, well anyways, we'll get to some final, final thoughts about the Kansas game. Give Michael a chance to give his instant reaction, his reaction to the game. Um, And then do our Kansas state Wildcats preview. Excited Michael to be joined this week by Scott McFarland of the Bosco's boys podcast join us for a little bit of a preview from their point of view. I also recorded a preview from our side to play on their podcast. So if you want to go check out their show, Bosco's boys also on the sports drink network, um, they do live shows weekly on the green room, Spotify green room Wednesday nights at seven. I may have to drop into that show tomorrow night and be like four and a half wins guys, four and a half wins. (laughs) Come on. Because they, they, uh, they all oh. they all took the under and it was like an easy decision for them. I, I was a little I was a little frustrated when they did that.
2: Yeah. But I'm I'm still a little salty about it, Scott, if you're listening. I, I can't believe I can't believe all those all those guys. Every single one of them, I think, except you, Spencer, took the over they, they, on, or took the under on four and a half wins for Texas Tech. They are beloved been, Texas Tech Red Raiders. I know.
1: There, there may have been one guy that took the over. But it was more, more of like a, a pity over because i I think he gave (laughs) his thoughts after i gave mine yeah he was one Um, of the last ones yeah uh he's like "Uh, maybe the over but no um so again excited to have scott join us a little bit later in the the show we're gonna get to uh final wrap on kansas kansas state preview is it going to be the last game that red raiders win this year we'll see um we'll look around the rest of the big 12 get to your questions and what we learned but before that, obviously, you can keep up with us online as we're having our, our Twitter banter with Kansas State fans on the 23 personnel podcast, not website, Twitter at 23 personnel. Follow me, Spencer, at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also hear us Saturday mornings 10 to noon over on Rob Rose College tailgate show. So it's going to be a college tailgate show for one hour and then a watch party. <laughs> For one hour, as there will be at least three of us in the studio, if not all four of us, watching the game live from 11 to noon. Here locally in Lubbock, it's going to be on 1039 FM, 1340 AM, AM 960 in San Angelo, and online at kkm.com. Um, yeah. So I mentioned Green Room. Uh, you can catch the Bosco's Boys on Green Room. Wednesday nights. You can catch us. That's where we do our post game instant reaction shows about 30 minutes after the final whistle blows on Saturday. Um, probably look at about three o'clock this weekend. Come join us over there on Spotify green room. It is the live audio only sports talk platform. Talk to me, Michael, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in the conversation that you listen to here every day, share your own experiences and takes on the app. It's your chance to be featured on the Twenty Three Personal Podcast. All you have to do is download the Spotify Green Room app, just free in the iOS and Google app stores. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Spencer Rogers to be notified when we go live. We go on live, like I said, on Saturday, about three o'clock,
2: and. We have a new sponsor, guys. You're going to love this. This is Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. What? How does this work? I don't really know. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account. And when you need a deposit, make sure to use the, ro- the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, no, that's right. So, yeah, visit symbol.com, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Use promo code SD. You'll have a risk-free deposit, which means even if you lose money, Symbol r- will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investigating. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> investing in your favorite teams. Oh, team. so close, Spitzer. I almost had it. Start investing and profiting from your favorite teams.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll give you our, our thoughts and takes on this as, as we start going. Um, interesting concept. It costs you about $33 to buy a share of Texas Tech football stock. Michael, are you in?
2: I don't know. Is that good? What is, what is the stock of, of Oklahoma football going for these days? It was, Does anyone know? Well, is have, it fifth in the fifties or sixties? It wasn't
1: all actually all that uh, all that far off from tech, and you were not the lowest in the Big Twelve. No, Obviously of course it's not Kansas, but uh, I don't think I don't even think you were ninth. So
2: is Kansas doing like oil did, where when you know when it hit the bottom in April that they were actually paying people to take the oil. So, like oil was negative. Is Kansas negative? Or it's like whether you want it or not, we're gonna ship some Kansas to you. (laughs) You will have Kansas show up in your driveway, fully full pads, full everything. The bus will be there. They'll have their cool powder blue uniforms. They will be in your driveway tomorrow morning because you bought some stock a few few weeks ago. Yeah, We we can't get rid of it. So we have no place to put it. Get out the get out the futons. Kansas coming to your house.
1: And, and that, that may be more so because they're hosting Oklahoma this week. Uh, and so Oklahoma is going to be on TV, right? But it's Oklahoma in, like, they're playing in uh, Lawrence. So you're your full display of Lawrence, Kansas, Kansas Jayhawk football in your living room, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Shipping right to you, as you say. All right, <laughs> let's let's get to our, our our football section here. Talk about the game against the Jayhawks that Texas Tech played, and then our Kansas State preview.
3: going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle, he's got running room at the 30, the 35-40, he's the midfield, the 45-40, he may go,
4: 25-10, touchdown Red Raiders! Davis Webb, a freshman, screen. underneath there, breaks the tackle, still on the sideline, turns on the juice, Touchdown. go. harrell in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for grab tree. It's caught. My he oh, He's going to oh, red Raider. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Michael, has done it. Let the scoring begin.
1: All right. If we have any Bosco's boys listeners, I need to explain that very last highlight clip there. Our offensive coordinator, was in the radio broadcast booth for that call. Our current offensive coordinator, Sonny Cumbie, on that uh, Michael Crabtree touchdown over Texas, oh, 13 years ago.
2: <laughs> Anyways. You remember you remember that? You remember when that happened, Spencer? That was cool, right? It was pretty cool. That was a cool thing.
1: Yeah, I do know. I, I remember that happening. All right. Texas Tech, 41-0. Forget Kansas scoring those two touchdowns late. It was a shutout. Um, I mean... Give credit. They were able to move the ball in the third team defense and inexplicably, I guess Matt Wells and Sonny Cumby were expecting to get a a full drive out of Baron Morton, but one play from Baron Morton and a fumble back to Kansas. They scored two touchdowns and 45 seconds. Um, So one, Michael, let's start there. Let's start with your thought to, to play Baron Morton for what could have been a minute a a single drive small hint number of plays what were your thoughts there i don't like it
2: i don't understand it um okay same thing you know you're, you're this late in the season it was halfway through i guess but you would think that that's probably unless something terrible happens that would be the only series he would play all year with how they've used donovan smith And I didn't understand it at all. Um, I mean, I guess, sure, get the kids some reps. I mean, I know there's some proponents that are like, well, just hand the reins to Donovan Smith. Kyle, I'm talking about you. Um, I don't understand that. (laughs) I think Columbia is doing fine. But I, I don't know if we're at the point where it makes sense to just start handing a bunch of reps to our third and fourth team guys. And, you know, I know it's not a bunch, but... I didn't get it, and you know, it didn't work out. Didn't work out very well. Um, one thing Tech did do well that day, though, third down conversions on offense were nine of, of eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody caught
1: a ball and ran the ball. <laughs> Asuka, I think ran the ball before he caught a pass.
2: Yeah, um, you know, Gumby was coming up with some some cool stuff out of the backfield. Get these guys active. I, I mean. Geiger had a couple of rushes. McLean Mannix had one. Uh, you know, I've, I've been interested in what he's been able to do. And by he, I mean, Cumby. he's been able to call some cool stuff, even, uh, even against Kansas. Uh, and, and like most people, I was, you know, we'll get to what we predicted. We predicted pretty closely to what the score ended up, ended up being, even though it really was forty forty one zero. 41, zero. Um, it was fine. Everyone did what they were supposed to do. They took care of a Kansas team. They didn't allow any huge plays. Uh, you know, the defense did a good job. I mean, Kansas is rushing attack. They rushed for 150 yards on, on 33 attempts. So that's, you know, 4.4 yards per attempt. And I know that a lot of that was probably kind of the garbage time era, but they didn't let, you know, Devin Neal run all, all over him or Jason Bean run all over him. Uh, So it was a successful day. They were able to take it on the road. Um, You know, make, what, a couple of field goals, I think. Just kind of an all-around good win. uh, A win that you expect them to have. Probably would have liked a little bit better completion percentage from Columbia, but when you only throw 20 passes and you complete 14, uh, okay, I'm cool with that. Uh, You know, maybe a little bit... A little bit more production from Sir Roderick Thompson. I am a little disappointed that Taj Brooks is not back yet. Right. Uh, you know, that kind of... I don't, I don't want to say it worries me, but, you know, that day-to-day has turned into five weeks now,
1: I think. Yeah, because he played two games?
2: Yeah. We've, we've stacked a lot of days upon one <laughs> another. So I'm, I am ready for him to get back whenever he's healthy. It'll be good to have him in that backfield one of the most talented position groups on the team. So I, I really don't have a lot to to say to recap on this one, Spencer. I mean, did you have anything else to add that, that y'all didn't get to on the instant reaction or defensively? Well, what, I mean, you, you mentioned some of the, the schemes that Patterson was running and they, sure they were effective, but you've got to consider the competition and that does, uh, that does change a lot this week. Going against Kansas State.
1: Yeah, I mean, at at times we talked about it uh in the TCU game, how Patterson was was dropping so many guys back into coverage, and it looked like he was doing it again against Kansas. At the end of the day, Jason Bean threw the ball 21 times for 80 yards. Yeah. Um, the backup, Miles Kendrick, when he came in, he threw it seven times for 48. A lot of those were on the last two drives of the game, they put up their two scores. Um because they had 128 passing yards on the day, 145 on the ground. You held them to less than 300 total yards, um, four and a half yards per play, where you averaged six and a half yards per play. Uh, their yards per rush was a little bit higher than I would have liked, 4.4. Um, but they ran the ball like, like 33 times and only picked up 145 yards. Uh, Texas Tech ran the ball 42 times. With 10 different guys carrying the ball for 244 yards at just under six yards a carry. Um, I liked that. I like that we finally got to see Donovan Smith throw the ball. Went four for five on <laughs> yeah. the day. I forgot to mention that. Four for five for 70 yards. Uh, should have had a couple more yards and a touchdown. Um, but one of his very first throws, it was like a rollout, like um, like the offensive line was like a blocking for like a power run to the right and Smith had the ball and he was looking like he was patiently following his blocks to the right and then stopped and then threw the ball to Ezucanla deep down the field and just barely under threw him a little bit. He had to stop to catch it. Uh, and then he, he got tackled there inside the five, but, um, yeah, he looked good throwing the ball. He didn't make, you know, he wasn't throwing into coverage. Um, Columbi did he, he threw that that one interception into double coverage and you're like what are you doing man, but that's not he doesn't typically make those kinds of mistakes you don't see him throwing any coverage a lot. Um, I I listened to the Gambling Gouchers podcast today uh, and they talked a lot about as you mentioned as well about who who the quarterback should be and and one I it would have made made a whole lot more sense if they just let Donovan Smith have that last drive as well. Um you're not trying to you're not trying to save Baron Morton and have him stay on campus. Um, I mean to just give Smith another drive there. But Columbia hasn't lost you a game yet. He's not the reason why you lost the Texas or TCU games. Um 70% completions pretty good. On 20 attempts, 124 yards, um, one touchdown, one interception. Ezukanma had what, what do we say? Two carries for 13 yards and a touchdown, and he had five catches on six targets. Um Mason Tharp had three catches on three targets. Kalen Geiger had three catches, Miles Price had two, Fungi had two, Dalton. Dalton Rigdon and Travis and Strider Thompson, all had one catch each. Um,
2: yeah, I was impressed to see azukama enter back into the places of the, of the top dog receiver, most targets, most catches. Uh, you know, narrowly missed probably another touchdown from Smith.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, he didn't have a receiving touchdown that day, but anyway, it's 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 been good to see him. Reemerge a little bit. I know it was against Kansas, but but still, he's he's kind of gone dark there. And I don't think it's anything to do with him. It's just uh kind of what the defense has given him. You know, possibly the quarterbacks are overthinking it and trying not to get the ball to him as much as they were before. I don't really know for sure, but he is a he is a uh, you know a game changer, or he can be with the ball in his hands. And let's keep this up. Keep throwing it to him. You know, I mean, Geiger's Mm -hmm. proven himself. He's, he's worthy of being, you know, getting maybe just as many targets if, if, you know, if depending on what the defense is doing, maybe more, but uh, it it was good to, we were kind of not worried, but we knew that this production would probably slow down a little bit after Ezukama just flew out of the gate to start the season. And uh, it has, but it's almost gotten like dangerously low levels. And so, so hopefully it's slowly rising back up.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I, I want to point out, uh, going into the game, Kansas was one of the least penalized teams in the big 12 on the, on the day they picked up five penalties for 30 yards. Texas tech had one penalty for five and they had another penalty that was um, declined uh, or no, there was, there was offsetting penalties at the beginning of the game. So you had essentially two penalties on the game. So you, you played a clean game. Um, you, you had the one turnover, but it was, I mean, I wouldn't say excuse, you know, it, it's not like, like, like it was a tip drill interception, but it ended up hurting you. Cause I, I believe Kansas went on. Well, yeah, they did. They, they went on and punted the ball back to you. Um, you did, like we said earlier, we did, you did what you were supposed to do. Uh, you won the game. You didn't, you won it handily. There was never a, a, any question about it. I um, just kind of wish you had officially maintained the shutout, but it is what it is. Uh, to your point, Michael, uh, as you so far, 31 catches on the year, 505 receiving yards, only one touchdown.
2: Man, I didn't know that. How did I not know he only has one touchdown? Yeah, because he usually sets up. He would have some big play that would set up a Sir Roderick Thompson or Taj Brooks, you know, Russian or, or you know, even Columbia or Shuck, I think ran a couple of those in. That's yeah. interesting.
1: It was it was a long uh, long pass play against SFA, one of the first plays of the game, the 75-yarder. That's his one touchdown of the year. Wow. Which is interesting because he had the seven receptions against Houston, no touchdowns.
2: Well, that one against uh, SFA, he was uh, coming across the middle too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he had 179 against Houston, 143 yards against SFA, 28, 56, 23, 76. So it's his highest output since SFA.
2: Um. All right. We're trending the right direction again. Let's keep going up.
1: All righty. So we predicted... Uh, Pretty handily, a handy handle, a pretty sizable Texas Tech victory. I had it by 25 points, which was a cover. 42-17, actually surprisingly close to what it ended up being, 41-14. Uh, Michael had 41-24. So we were both right there on the offensive scores. Um,
2: yeah, I had a little less confidence in the defense. <laughs> Just a little bit. I still had a bad... Horn frog taste in my mouth. So that's where the 24 came
1: from. Here, here's a pro tip, Michael. Don't eat frogs. Okay.
2: Well, they're supposed to be really good. That's what people do when they play the opposing team. They figure out how to cook their mascot. And it always looks so delicious. Ugh.
1: Have you seen that? I don't know what a wildcat would taste like. <laughs> do, you, do you eat wildcats?
2: Uh Puma, No. Bobcat? Yeah. Yeah. Just... The next Jaguar. bobcat you run across, just see what happens.
1: Next Could wild you- feral house cat out there. <laughs> I guess feral and house are mutually exclusive there. Anyways, Kansas state coming into town this weekend, 11 a.m. on FS1, meaning nobody's going to be watching this game. Kansas state three and three on the year. zero and three in conference play. Um, their last game was a big one for them. They, they, they hosted Iowa state. For Farmageddon, uh, ended up losing the game 33 20. They gave up a touchdown on the very first play of the game. Brees Hall, 75 yard run, um, play number one. Then the next drive, Kansas State turns it over. Iowa State drives down and kicks a field goal. So, really, uh, before Iowa State's, or sorry, before Kansas State's really able to get going, they're down 10 0. Uh, And they end up losing the game by 13 points. So those, that quick start from Iowa state there, um, was really the, the difference in the game.
2: Really determining factor along with, Ooh, stop me. If you've heard this one before, Iowa state in the third quarter, they got the ball. I think with 12 minutes left in the third quarter, went on a 10 minute drive, 18 plays, 93 (laughs) yards back breaking. Went on a 10-minute drive, scored a touchdown. Got the game up to 27-7. You know what hurts so much on that drive? KSU's defense was just gashed. They were 0-5 for on third downs. What hurts even more, which Scott mentioned in his kind of post-game recap on Bosco's Boys this week, go check that out too if y'all haven't already. Uh, It'll give you a little bit of hope, but it also kind of worries you. But anyway, uh, what he mentioned in that was – I saw in the drive summary that there was a an illegal substitution penalty on a third down, and it was like a third and long third and sixteen or something like that. And he was getting onto their d c or you know their defensive coordinator for that penalty because that is definitely on coaching, and that could have halted that drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when you when you have the chance to get off the field on let me see. I'm going to tell you what it was. It was third and 11. Oh my God. It was an, it was an incomplete pass. (laughs) No. And then there was a penalty on Kansas state for a legal substitution. And so then it became third and six and Brock Purdy completed a pass for seven yards. (laughs) So that was the, that was the first third down that they, that they uh, allowed technically because of the penalty or helped because of the penalty and then they allowed four more. So that really stuck in his craw and I don't blame him. And it just seems, you know, if you listen to that podcast, the whole time you're listening to it and him talking about kind of the fan base where everybody is, uh, it just really feels so similar Mm -hmm. to where Texas tech is right now. Yeah. it's just remarkably similar.
1: So surprised to hear how quickly they've kind of, um, the shine has worn off of climbing for them because I, I think a lot of people around the conference looked at that. as like, wow, that's like a perfect hire for Kansas state. He fits culturally so similar that he'll be able to roll in there. Um, you know, make some small changes and, and make the, the adjustment up to the power five football and then just like build on that. But man, the they're on this really bad streak right now, Michael, we haven't gotten into it yet, but they are 0 and 8 over their last 8 Big 12 games. Going back to their last game against Kansas last year. Yeah. So that's their last conference win. Um so you know, we, we we talk about being a little disenfranchised with Matt Wells and that's, you know, a, a big part of the fan base is is ready for, for us to move on and understandable so but they're also um you know, a little bit I, they're just they're not 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 loving climate right now and and of course that that could certainly change uh you know if if, if Kansas State was to win this weekend and, and get the ball rolling for them um because their their schedule the Kansas State schedule um actually lightens up for them on the back end uh I was you know I was listening to the, the Scott talk about it so they've got Texas Tech this weekend who they see is um I mean obviously if you look at the, the analytics and stats and gambling all that kind of stuff. Basically a coin flip, basically a a coin flip. So toss up game. They've got like TCU, excuse me. They've got TCU, Kansas, West Virginia. So theoretically they could win three of their next four games and really turn their season around. Um, they, they, they had a, a pretty rough start to their, their big 12 slate having Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, and then Iowa state. um, so at three and three right now, they're not feeling super great about it, but they've got a, a favorable schedule. Um, even if if they were to lose against Texas Tech, but they, they they could win a handful of games here. But yeah, currently eight game losing streak in the, in the big 12 uh, going up against a Texas Tech Matt Wells team that has not won back-to-back conference games since 2018. It's actually predates well, yeah. Matt Wells. He's never yeah. won back-to-back. He's uh, never
2: done it. And I was surprised that they had done it in 2018. I, I went to look that up and because I kept hearing about it. Like, oh, there hasn't been back-to-back wins in a long time. And I thought, oh, gosh, how far back does this go? It's not as far back as I thought. But
1: Kansas was one of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was Kansas and TCU that year. Um, yeah, it was so a that game that
1: you th- went to Fort Worth and were able to, to beat it out with uh, Jet Duffy. Yep. So not, beat it not out. the best well, that,
2: example. It didn't sound yeah. right.
1: Yeah, no, it didn't. <laughs> Anyways, um, so with that, though, I wanted to turn over to, to Scott from Bosco's Boys and let him give you guys a little bit of a preview on, from their side of the thing of the, of this game, uh, and then we'll get back and talk about Kansas State Wildcats.
3: What is going on to my second favorite group of fans in the entire Big 12? My name is Scott McFarlane. I am the host of... Vasco's Boys, the Sports Drink K-State podcast affiliate. Make sure you're joining all of our great sponsors, Spotify, Green Room, and Symbol because we love them. And I'm here to just give a quick little uh, talk about K-State as we're playing the Red Raiders, our Big 12 conference brethren forever together uh, because, you know what, who needs the Pac-12 or the SEC? Screw them all. I'm sorry I'm such a grandpa. Even though I'm only 29, I am passed out before, you know, 930 almost every night. Otherwise, I could have done this live with you guys. But this will have to do, uh, you know, it is what it is. All right. So let's talk about, you know, K-State, <laughs> you know, the season started off, I think some fans, you know, forever optimistic, thinking, you know, a big season could happen. Others are thinking, all right, just get to 6-6. Six and six. But with how dominant we were to start the year down in Arlington, I think fan hopes and dreams just started shooting through the roof. I'm just as much a part of that as anyone. I started saying, "Hey, I, I at least know what it's like being down here in Arlington for a football game." We're going to come back in December. Obviously, since then things have gotten a little dicey. Skylar Thompson goes down the second game, but you grit out a win. You beat a very good Nevada team with a backup quarterback in a defense. That, you know, kind of for the most part, shuts down. Who will be a future first round draft pick in Carson Strong? Everything seems to be going good. But then you get a dose of reality down in Stillwater, which has basically been K-State's house of horrors forever. You come back, you fight hard with Oklahoma, but that was an L. And then, really a tough pill to swallow versus Iowa State, which has then sent the fan base into turmoil. Uh, it hasn't been going good since then. And K-State really is desperate for a bounce back because, you know, for better or worse, when you look at the schedule when the season starts, outside of KU the Texas Tech game is one that no one was predicting as a loss but all the advanced statistics and Vegas and all this type of stuff are saying tech in a close one so it's really gut check time here in uh, in Manhattan Kansas the only real big injury is boom Massey a fifth year senior defensive end the hope is he will be back if he is he'll be on a snap count uh, limit. And even then, it's probably only 50 50 that the, you know, super senior comes back. Uh, Again, talking about Farmageddon, you know, it was a game where it was hyped up. It was a sellout crowd. The the crowd wanted to get going. It was our Trailblazers game where we honored a bunch of uh, great K State athletes who helped break the color barrier in the Big Six and you know you give up that touchdown the very first play of the game you throw an interception you can't take the lead when you get the chance and then before you know it it's a you know a two possession loss and no one's feeling good about it you know Skyler Thompson was okay not good the defense was horrible Deuce Vaughn did Deuce Vaughn things and Joe Irvin's really establishing himself really as a second very good running back but you don't really have much else to hang your hat on after that game. And again, I think that's why the fan base finds themselves in turmoil, turning on each other, turning on the coaches. If Chris Kleiman doesn't get this win, I think that you really start starting to hear uh, legitimately loud uh, questions about if Kleiman really is the guy. Uh, you know, moving forward, again, I I'm, I find myself on the optimistic side of things. If Casey can find a way to win, Down in Lubbock, you then get to host TCU, who we've been their boogeyman uh, since 2014. We've really had their number. Then you get to go to Kansas, which we're going to win that one by 50. It doesn't matter what's going on. You're going to win that. And then you get West Virginia at home. Again, a team that's been a bit of a bogey team, but they're having their own struggles too. So again, if you can find a way to win versus Texas Tech, then you can start saying, all right, can you get to an 8-1 season? Could you catch lightning in a bottle and maybe win out and go 9-3? and um, That's where I find myself. Now, if you lose that game, all of a sudden you have, start to have real conversations that after starting 3-0, are you going to be able to find your way even to bowl eligibility? So, you know, the Iowa State game really was a pendulum game where if you if you win the game, you can still have a special season. This is a pendulum game. Versus Texas Tech, that if you lose it, it's hard to think that you're not going to have a disaster of a season. Uh, You know, the key players, everyone knows him. Deuce Vaughn last year really, you know, had the game ceiling catch and score versus Texas Tech. Skylar Thompson comes coming back. He says it isn't a personal game for him, but Skylar Thompson is a guy who uses everything for motivation. So I think even after what happened last year, he's going to want to put up a good performance. On defense, it's going to come down to Felix and DK. Can he get pressure? Can he be disruptive in the backfield? And then will someone, anyone, step up in the secondary? Because that is a group that we had high hopes for, but they have been a disappointment basically every single game since that Nevada game. Uh, Honestly, I I think uh, for Tech to win, uh, just throw the ball. I mean, until K-State proves that they can stop – stop it through the air. I don't see why anyone would try to run because even with Brees Hall's two long runs, you held them to under three yards of carry on his 28 other carries. Again, you can't erase those two big runs, Uh, but you know, facts are facts. You know, if you're trying to find the silver lining, that's what you go to. But at the same time, we let Brock Purdy have anything between, you know, eight and 22 yards. He could have it all day. then when you go deep, the secondary are there. The boundary corners are always in position But either one of them has yet to make a play. Julius Prince has one pass breakup and one interception, and that interception was an arm punt. Like, it wasn't even a real thing. So uh, challenge the secondary because I don't think that they can stop anyone. Uh, Ultimately, I think what's going to determine this game is if K-State can stop the passing game. I think K-State's going to get their yards on the runs. I think they're going to get their points versus Texas Tech defense. That's going to be a matter of can they get enough stops versus Texas Tech. Ultimately, I think this is going to go down to the wire. I think it's going to be like a 34-31 game either way. Um, I'm gonna be a homer. I'm a fan. I'm gonna pick K State 34-31. But again, I have I, I would not be surprised if the tortillas will be flying, you know, all day long. And Texas Tech gets it, so it's gonna be a close one. Um, thanks again to the boys for having me on. I love their Spotify Green Rooms, especially post game. So any Tech fan who isn't getting in there, get over there. Again, my name's Scott McFarland at Scott Wildcat on Twitter. I'm the host of Bosco's Boys podcast, and uh, hey, uh, let's have a little fun on Twitter. Uh, let's enjoy the game and I'll talk to you later.
1: All right. So that was Scott from Bosco's boys. Thanks again, Scott, for joining us this week. Um, and Michael, let's just jump right in. He was talking about Skyler Thompson, uh, in this game against, uh, Iowa state, but it's a sixth year senior. Uh, it's why he feels like he's been around forever. Cause he, he has been six, two, been six-two, two-twenty. Uh, it went out pretty early in the game last year on a, um, Rico Jeffers hit, and and that I guess that was going back to the reference of uh, Scott saying this is not a personal game for him, uh, but he missed out on the game uh, early on, but so far in the season, 68% completion percentage, 766 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions, and the four games he's played, he had a little bit of knee injuries out a couple games, he's back. Uh, obviously, the guy we need to watch out for on the ground is Deuce Vaughn, 5'6", one, 173, 108 carries, 579, five yards per carry, five touchdowns. Also, the second leading receiver on the team, 23 receptions for 20, 234 yards and other two touchdowns. Somebody else that um, Scott's really high on is, is the next running back, Joe Irvin, 5'8", 178. He says they actually, despite their, their similar stature and size, they play quite a bit differently. Joe Irvin, 40 carries on the year. So quite a bit of a drop-off there between Deuce and Irvin. 228 yards, 5.4 yards per carry, one touchdown. Uh, and then their, their main receivers, Phillip Brooks, 5'7", 167. Uh, they've got a lot of guys run that same size. 20 receptions, 279 yards, two touchdowns. And Malik Knowles, who also plays a big, uh, big part in their special teams and return game. Six three 195. It's got 17 catches on the year, 218 yards and a touchdown. Um, so really the biggest thing uh, that we're going to talk about a little bit is going to be the matchup between the Kansas state offense and Texas tech defense, right? We're not sure what defense is going to show up. Um, if you're going to get Keith Patterson dropping eight guys into coverage, uh, or if he's going to be committing a little bit more, more manpower to, to stop the run um, because Kansas state has, has historically had solid and large offensive lines. They're going to be able to move <laughs> guys around. Right. Uh, and then you've got this small running back that can really hurt you. He ended up, uh, Scott said it, but uh, we saw it last year. He, he is their, their number one back, right? Like he put the game away. What last year he broke out for a long touchdown uh, to steal the game. So I, I, I would be concerned about Deuce Fawn in this game, really. first and foremost, I think, you know, you need to commit to stopping the run. Um defensively, though, they're not as sound as they have been uh in years past. And Scott also touched on it. They are eighth in the Big 12 in pass defense. Um surprisingly, Oklahoma's 10th. <laughs> like I, I was yeah. not, not ready for that one, but eighth in the Big 12 in pass defense. Uh, middle of the road fifth and rush defense uh, their rush defense is actually really stout um, they they only give up 107 yards on the ground at 3.3 yards per carry on the ground
2: yeah and that's after playing iowa state oklahoma state and oklahoma so that factors that in too i the, it was it's really interesting because in, I, I talked about it before we we got to hear from scott which by the way thanks again scott we really appreciate it man and I don't know. I mean, I feel like I can speak for most tech fans. I think I I think we root for Kansas State as often as we can. Sure. Would you would you say that that's fair?
1: Yeah, and I I I think I said it on Twitter, but I think t- generally Kansas State is the most respected and well-liked fan base or other team in the Big 12. Yeah, uh, and I think it's across all sports. Fans. Yeah, and 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 there's certainly a lot of a lot of similarities you can draw across the universities here between tech Tech and Kansas state, not only with their athletic programs, but the actual universities themselves. Um, but specifically like for football, like we've each had like really successful football programs top in in the country. I I think Kansas state topped out at number one. Um, not even that long ago.
2: They've, they've had it, it. It's happened for them more often.
1: Well, sure. <laughs> it, it was it was a little bit a little bit longer sustained than it was for Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they've had some really good basketball teams.
2: Um, Shared a title with them a couple of years ago, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. So there, there's definitely some, some similarities there, uh, and and because we we don't, it's never really come down to like us or Kansas State outside of the the Big Twelve title that you mentioned. So we don't have a lot of those like very heated contested matchups We're also not like geographically close yeah <laughs> so we're, we're not, not a lot three of hours like, away yeah yeah. there's not a lot of overlap there which i think leads to just just the similarities there between the, the two programs here but um, i think i
2: think mostly a mutual respect um sure but i i used to lump iowa state in there but then um yeah they had a couple of good football seasons and they got a little bit too big for their britches and, and of course Kansas State fans would hate that I would also root for Iowa State at the same time. And I realize this now probably more than I did before. But I brought the similarities around just to drive it home even more. Listening to Scott, it really felt like we were listening to us, except slightly in reverse. He was talking about Kansas State's defense, unable to get any sort of pass rush, Mm -hmm. particularly against Purdy this weekend. Unable to stop the the pass. You and I have been just beside ourselves about how tech has been a- unable to stop the run, uh, especially against TCU in Texas. So it's that's a very similar feeling there. I think that can be exploited. You know, at first I thought this was going to be a pretty low-scoring game, but there's a chance that Deuce Vaughn may run all day. There's a chance that, you know, Colombian as a comma may hook up all day. I don't know. I don't really know what's going to happen. It could be a, a shootout, but I kind of think it's going to be a little bit ugly and I think it'll be a little bit disruptive. Um, I don't think both teams will be able to do everything. They just waltz waltz in thinking they'll be able to do. Sure. Probably for multiple reasons, probably because both teams have shown inconsistencies on both sides of the ball. And it's just, there's no guarantees as to how Skylar Thompson's going to be throwing the ball or how, you know, tech's going to be able to run the ball or stop the run. Uh, it's just going to be, I, I'm excited about this game. I, I mean, it, it, it means so much. That's the, that's the other similarity I was going towards. We are both as fans at such a kind of a crossroads them. I would say even more so because with tech coming into this thing, five and two, you know, that record looks good. Those two losses are sure ugly though. Um, But, you know, they're coming in 0-3 on an 0-3 stretch. You know, started off with a bang. Uh, They they beat a Stanford team I didn't think that they would beat. And then, you know, rattled off their next two. So, with backup quarterback, uh, at least for the next two, for the majority of them. But they're just in such a similar position as us where this game probably, I think you and I kind of saw this game meaning a lot coming into the season. Um, it, Scott mentioned that they really kind of didn't cause they figured they would probably steal Oklahoma state, possibly Iowa state, or, you know, possibly both of them, however you want to look at it. It will OU. I mean, why can't they say they might beat OU because they have history there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so who's they probably, they might've thought they were, they'd roll into Lubbock undefeated. And so they're definitely not meeting their expectations we're kind of sitting right where we thought we would be. We don't not in the exact same fashion we thought, but this game is still really crucial because of what's left on our schedule. And you know, those, those games left on our schedule don't look as winnable as the games that Kansas state has left on theirs. So it's, it's kind of like we're ramping up and they're kind of ramping back down and, but we're right in the middle and this game's going to probably mean way more than it should (laughs) for both teams.
1: Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I think a lot of people look at this game and it's like, I mean, obviously, we look look ahead at the schedule. Um, It really ramps up after Kansas State for Texas Tech. This may be one of your last winnable games. So, um, as much as it may be a point for Kansas State to turn their season around, like, this is. Texas Tech's best chance to get to six, you know, six wins and and get to some bowl eligibility. Because from here you're going to play um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Baylor. Uh, and shockingly, Oklahoma State is has the next highest win percentage, at least so far, on your schedule. Um, but even then, it's not great. Uh, so you know, both both teams looking at this game as like is a, is a must win, uh, for, for several reasons. Uh, I state, that's not Iowa state, Kansas state needs to get their first conference win, uh, to get back moving towards the, the right direction where as Texas tech is looking at this game is like, this may be the last game that we can win, um, without things going our way. The other thing that we haven't talked about yet is the ever present special teams at Kansas state. Uh, and, and it, it took up a, a good chunk of Matt Wells's press conference today. They talked about it um more so on on the return side that yeah. uh Malik Knowles he's got two kickoff returns for touchdowns this year uh, and he averages 36 yards per kickoff return which is good for second in the country um they've uh not been super great at kicking they missed a field goal and a point after against Iowa State 6 of 8 of field goals on the year well
2: i mean that's it's, it's kind of recent i mean up, up until Iowa State you know, uh, their kicker came in. He had missed one f- all season, and he hadn't missed a PAT at all. But then against Iowa State, missed one of each. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm trying not to look too much into that, but also I am looking way too much into that, thinking, well, maybe he's got the yips or whatever it is, and
1: in his mind, yeah,
2: that won't that won't travel to Lubbock, and he might miss a, a chip shot or two.
1: Yeah and 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 they've had some really good success on onside kicks. They they had a the review go the wrong way against Oklahoma where it turns out the kicker actually touched the ball twice with his foot uh which is an illegal kick. But they've been really good at recovering onside kicks too. Uh yeah. and then
2: especially at, against Oklahoma. Yeah.
1: And then historically this is you know going back to Bill Snyder but uh they're really they're again a low penalized team uh and historically and this matchup that's really come to be one of the the big deciding factors, but uh, it's actually pretty even right now between Texas tech and Kansas state. Kansas state has 35 penalties on the year for 269 yards through six games. Texas tech has the exact same number of penalties, 35 for 301 yards, but that's through seven games. They average about 45 yards per game. Texas tech is 43 yards per game in penalties. So that shouldn't be so much of a, as a uh, deal breaker or you know influencing factor in this game, so much as being able to stop the run specifically, do spawn, not letting Malik Knowles get loose, um, and then trying to take advantage of their of their pass defense. Um, Henry Columbia, gosh, I don't know why I blanked on his name. Henry Columbia is actually right at the same yardage he had last year. Uh, he, he has a thousand sixty six yards this year. And he had 1,065 last year. Um, however, last year it was on a 6.4 yards per attempt. This year it's 9.0 huge jump up in the offenses there between Yost and Cumbie. We've obviously seen the downfield passing, uh, the aggressive nature and the big explosive plays. I think you're going to have to push on that. Uh, you know, Scott said that they've got some, some decent cover corners there. Um, but we've also not seen Texas Tech just throw deep balls down the sidelines and like that's not that's not been the only source of, of your explosive plays you've had uh taken advantage of plays across the middle or broken tackles from easy um you just it looks like in this game because of their fairly strong run defense that yeah you, you know you can't commit 100% to, to the to the to the air here you need you know still try to keep them honest a little bit, but take advantage of, of of the pass defense. Uh, and that's historically been a strength for you Uh, so far this year. Texas tech is averaging about 200, 286 passing yards per game, which feels really low for Texas Mm -hmm. tech, uh, at nine, it's still greater than 9.1 yards per attempt. And you're rushing at almost 170 rushing yards per game at five yards per carry. On offense you're converting almost 50% of your third down conversions on defense. Kansas state is giving up about 250 passing yards on eight yards per attempt. Uh, only 107 rushing yards at 3.3 yards per carry, but they give up a ton of third downs. 45%. Uh, do they allow the opposing team to convert? Opposingly on defense or offense for them, Kansas state averages about 195 yards through the air at 8.1 yards per attempt where you've been actually a little bit better. uh, Well, in terms of yards per attempt, 225 yards through the air for the Texas tech defense at seven yards per attempt. Um, The rushing yards. So similar uh, in terms of Kansas state offense versus the Texas tech defense, Kansas state rushes for 162.5 yards per game. Texas tech gives up 161.7. Again, that's including the debacles in Austin and against TCU. Um, Kansas State rushes for 4.56 yards per carry. Texas Tech gives up 4.47. And then a really similar third down conversion. Kansas State converts 42%. Texas Tech gives up 43%. Yeah,
2: this gives me... The the stats give me less hope because it looks like Kansas State's going to be able to run... And just do everything they've done every game, no problem. That's not gonna, that's not gonna change. Uh tech is not gonna be able to run as much as they have been. It because somehow this uh you know, the defensive front at Kansas State are able to stop the run, but like Scott mentioned, they're they're having trouble with the pass rush, they're having trouble getting pressure on the quarterback. So it, it really may just be. You know, one of those games where we don't see a lot of production from Thompson uh, or or Xavier White or, you you know, maybe Smith coming in, handing it off, doesn't get the chains moving. But we may really need to rely on Columbia connecting with his receivers and he's got a lot of great receivers and he's he's done well this season. Uh, So I'm I'm still optimistic, but, you know, having these numbers in front of me, uh, I'm a slightly less optimistic than I was five minutes ago.
1: Yeah. And then I don't know if you guys follow stats of war over on Twitter. He posted a a graphic today with the, the matchup there between Texas tech and Kansas state. And it's, it's fairly technical if you don't follow so much of the advanced stats for uh, for college football. Um, But if, if you look, you know, zoom out a little bit, let your eyes kind of defocus for a second. he's got like the the matchups um and how they like how they grade against the average and against the other team in shades of blue or red they're a whole lot more red over on the Kansas state side he's got this game a little bit higher scoring than the over under which is sixty and a half or sixty one points I think he had up like seventy four seventy five which is quite a bit higher um I actually told told uh Scott in my preview I like the under in this game and I, I I've got Texas Tech winning this game 31 27 uh because I, I I do think yeah they may be able to, to, to run on you a little bit um but you know the the chunk plays through the air uh, I, I think should keep them like it should keep them off mountain up or, or having to, to be uh, trying to be aggressive enough that they may lean a little bit more outside their comfort zone and look towards Skyler Thompson, uh, that I think you, you should have an advantage there straight up, you know, Texas Tech offense versus Kansas state offense. So I've got Texas Tech winning a close one, 31, 27, which is, what is that? 58 points. So just on the under,
2: yeah, I'm going with you as far as the under, um, I, I kind of felt the same way. I saw that same deal from stats of war and it just seemed, it seemed too high. I mean who knows that may be exactly what we see because if both, both of these offenses can exploit the weaknesses on the defenses, then there's no telling, but I'm kind of hoping that tech will be able to stop Kansas state enough or slow them down enough. And Kansas state's going to stick with the run um, to where they may end up using quite a bit of the clock. Uh, limiting kind of possessions for both teams, but probably still moving the chains and getting downfield. So with that in mind, I've got Tech winning a weird score of 28 to 26, which is also the under. Uh, The main reason I went with that weird score is because Tech's favored by one and I don't want to (laughs) push. And and because I just want to predict that there's going to be a missed PAT somewhere by Kansas State. So I don't know. Maybe if I just speak it speak it into action it may actually happen. So that that's where the 26 comes from. So I've got tech tech win in
1: 28-26. Is would that be a like two missed PATs or a missed PAT and a two point conversion in there? I'm not sure how that works it, out. It 26 could be. points. Anyways. I mean,
2: <laughs> I, you would feel like I mean, I think maybe it's one of those things where tech scores the last touchdown. Sure. So um I don't know. You know, maybe they've got to go for, they have a field goal. You know, Kansas state had kicked a field goal at some point and they go up 26 to, uh, you know, they go up to 26 points and then they miss the extra point. So it's not 27. Like you're normally going to see in that instant. And then tech has the ball. Uh, They're down 27, 21 or 26, 21 and and they win. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and just to show just how, how close this game is, it started off as a Kansas State one-point uh, advantage. It has swung yep. to Texas Tech minus one. Um, FPI has Texas Tech 58.8. Uh, and then the, if you look at the FPI rankings, Kansas State is 66th and Texas Tech is 78th. So still fairly close. Uh, usually get so close. three points uh, as the home team, so only winning by one. You'd think that Kansas state would win this game on the, on a neutral site. Um, I'm not sure how much of a home field advantage you're going to get on a 11, 11 o'clock game here, but it's something I'm, I'm still predicting a win. We'll see. Uh, definitely changes the outcome of the season. If, if you lose this game, cause like I said, I don't, you lose this one. I'm, I'm, I'm really down your chances to win anything else. Uh, I'm not even sure where I'd be at if, you know, even if you do win, where, where you end up after this. Um, but before we, we move on and get to, uh, the rest of the big 12 action, you know, reminds you guys symbol is the sport stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market. If you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't just isn't for you symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked.
2: And if you would like to ask questions, you can join us on our Spotify green room. We host it after kickoff. I've been meaning to get with Spencer on this. My little girl's soccer game is from two to three. So I'm unsure when we'll actually host it this week. Uh, But anyway, It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. You can start. So if you're on there, you can start a conversation. Uh, And of course, you can join conversations. You can watch games together. You can react to the news, rumors, games, all of it. Join in on conversations with me and have a chance to be featured on the 23 Personal Podcast with Spencer and I. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free in the iOS App Store. It's free in Google Play. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join our group, which means you need to follow me at Michael McDonald, or especially follow Spencer, follow Spencer Rogers, and you will be notified when our group goes live. We will be going live on Spotify Green Room post game this week. It may be more like an hour after the end of the game. Um, you know, probably three thirty ish. So look for it. Then we'll go live mid afternoon after the Kansas state game and show up with, with them spicy takes.
1: All right. So let's look around the the rest of the big rest of the big 12 West Virginia on the road at TCU. Interesting. TCU is only a four and a half point favorite here at home versus West Virginia. Michael, your thoughts on that.
2: I am not sure where that came from. Um, Who did TCU play last week? I feel like I should know this. I do not. They, um, they played Oklahoma. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm... I, I think the shine has worn off on TCU. I, it hurts me a little bit just because this shows may possibly how bad tech is. Um, yeah, they, they lost... TCU lost to Oklahoma... <laughs> in an ironically identical score. They lost 52 to 31. And that is the exact same score they beat Tech with. So, sorry about your Frogs. It sucks, doesn't it? But um, I guess that's got to be it. I think they're reacting to that. You know, West Virginia, I believe they were off last week. So, you know, after getting drummed 45 to 20, they're somehow... Picked at plus four and a half in Fort Worth. Um, I guess TCU people are thinking that they're, you know, the game against tech was a fluke. I would still take them here though. You know, I would take them at four and a half. It seems odd that it's that low, which means I'm probably missing something.
1: <laughs> yeah. BYU. Uh, nope. That was last week's sheet. Oklahoma at Kansas. Yes. Yeah, this is what I want to talk about. 38 and a half yo over under of 67 and a half can Oklahoma hit the over on their own I don't think <laughs> I don't know if they can and not not that I not that I'm saying they like they couldn't do it I just I don't think there are teams that are intentionally going to drop 70 on a team as bad as Kansas like having said that have, having been a team that you know, has given up 70 points to a conference. Opponent. Yeah, I understand as about, about to say, um, but I also, I, I don't feel like Texas would have done the same thing to Kansas. Cause it's almost like, Oh, well it's Kansas. Like you're, you're not as aggressive. You're not, you're not as emotionally involved in it. I just, I just don't think team was going to put up 70 on Kansas. When is the lesson they, they've given up 70 points?
2: Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I do think that, OU has kind of hit their stride. Finally, but I could see it being something like you, exactly like you said. You know, it's forty-one-three at halftime, and whoever the hell is starting for OU is no longer starting anymore, and they take them out. Um, you know, it depends on what the guy on the grassy knoll and Norman found whenever they were watching practice. But that's so stupid, Lincoln, t- like
1: idiot. <laughs> having having like. Admitting that like was I would have galaxy. You know how we
2: give Matt Wells crap for Galaxy Brain stuff? That was some Galaxy Brain stuff. Like, well, uh, if I don't have a press conference, can't tell anybody who's gonna start. Come on. Come on, Lincoln. That ain't how that works. I, I do think that OU will cover. They've thirty-eight and a half. Yeah. Take them to cover? I, okay. I mean, well, they they housed and you know, I can say that because tech got housed by TCU. But they housed TCU by 21 last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't see any reason why they can't do 38 in Norman. I mean, in Lawrence, I, I do think it'll just—I think they'll—they're fi- finally starting to cover and kind of become Oklahoma, and, and it could be a lot because of the QB change
1: that's unfortunate that they're trying to, which is at this point so wild. Yeah. This is
2: great timing. Oh, absolutely. Great timing. I look forward to next week.
1: Did you see that? We're, we are kicking off two 30 on ABC. <laughs> I love that tweet from Brian. He's like, this has a, uh, want to see a dead body vibe <laughs> <laughs> to it. And it does for, for ABC. Putting oh man. I was, I wasn't like optimistic
2: about o, playing OU ever this year, but you know, after their first three or four games, I was like, Maybe maybe you know? Yeah, no. maybe it'll be within a score or two at halftime. And now I'm just thinking oh god. This is a, and it's at 2:30 and it's on ABC like it's just all stacked against us.
1: Last game of the conference Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Iowa State's a, a touchdown favorite here. I don't I don't like that. I no. got I've got Oklahoma State covering uh and winning this game. Um but I'm also going to take the under at 47. Yes, because that of Oklahoma the, State. De, oh, these two defenses, two defenses. Oh my gosh. Oklahoma State has been ridiculous. They're like um one I doing the the statistical, t- statistical comparison every week. I'm always amazed when I go to like the third down conversion, Oklahoma State's way up there. You know who else is up there like second in the country? Houston. Really? They give up like 20% on third down. It's ridiculous. <laughs> They're also undefeated since playing Texas tech.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That there, that win is looking looking
1: like a a good win.
2: Better and better. Uh, I do think I'm with you. I I would say OSU plus seven. This is going to be one of those. uh, I'm trying to think how many times can you add a, how many field goals can you kick? (laughs) Could be like (laughs) 15 to 12. Is that a thing? Um, I I don't know. These two defenses going at it. I'm with you. I would take the under and I've got OSU covering. I don't know if they'll win because Iowa state looked pretty good last week um, against Kansas state in Manhattan. And you know, Scott was right. I watched enough, enough of that game. That crowd was rocking uh, especially at the beginning, but you know, a 75 yard touchdown, the opening drive will take the wind out of anybody's sails. but they were, that place was packed and Iowa state just waltzed in and, Just kept cool heads and never seemed to be worried about a thing. Of course, and and then and then turnabout on that is yeah, I'm not going to be that worried if my running back takes off on the first play. No, I feel like we got a pretty good (laughs) shot. And then and then your defense goes, you know, forces a three and out. And then on their next outing, they get an interception. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty good day
1: are there any other games across the country that you're looking at watching or interested in following this weekend? Like going through the action app, just, just look at some of these lines, so much trash, but <laughs> LSU Ole Miss could be good. Could be interesting. Uh, interesting that they, after a win decide to fire at Orgeron.
2: Oh, that's some uh, weird stuff going on with that though.
1: And, and, and maybe it's because like it, 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 it Came up in the broadcast so much. But they hit the most points in this game for like all time series in like the third quarter. Uh LSU ended up winning that game 49-42 against Florida. Um, and then Oregon UCLA could be interesting with Chip Kelly going up against his old old team. Uh, but then the rest is like there's just nothing good this weekend. Well, who was it? Is When do
2: UTEP and UTSA play each other? No, the, I think that's coming up. Um, because I saw a, an account on Twitter that I follow. Like, actually, I don't think I follow them. I just see them. It's called Sicko's Committee. <laughs> and they just kind of like the... You know, like they were glued to the UConn-Vandy game and all that kind of stuff, like the the weird side of college football. But they had proposed that when... UTEP and UTSA face off, I think in a week or two that that's where college game day should go.
1: Yeah. Cause th- those are, those are two head coaches that are likely going to be not at their schools next year.
2: Yeah. And I unironically, I mean, I think that's an excellent idea and it is at UTEP. It'll be in El Paso, November 6th. Um, UTSA is heading to UTEP. So, um, not this weekend, or next. So two weeks after from this week, UTSA is playing Louisiana tech this weekend. So I'm going to keep an eye on that one. Um, that does not help your answer at all. Cause you're asking about games this week, not games yep. in two weeks from now. Um, I am, I mean, it's big 12, but I'm kind of interested in that West Virginia TCU game just to kind of see who they are. And then Iowa state, Kansas. I'm. I mean. I, gosh. Iowa State. Oklahoma State. Definitely interested in that because those are the two next teams Tech plays. I, I will be trying to watch as much of that as I can. But it is. It's kind of a weird week. Um. You know. Tennessee's going to be at Alabama after the whole thing with their fans. And
1: that was a wild ride there. I. <laughs> I, I tuned into that game like I turned it on the TV Saturday night as like, they were probably the TV. Yeah, ten minutes into the into the delay. I was like, yeah. what is going on
2: no, i I happened to turn it on. I was just like laying down for the evening, and, and I it was thought, late. Oh. cause I do that all the time, like oh, I'm not tired yet. Let me look at my score app and let's see what games are still on. Oh, this one's still close, so I dug up the s e c network and started watching it right before all that happened, yeah, you know, right before the fourth and twenty seven that was twenty six point three seven five or whatever it was um. And then, you know, just the clutching of pearls by the ESPN announcers and it's just, just despicable. I just can't believe this behavior. And, you know, I don't want to make too much
1: light of it, but
2: uh, it, it wasn't it, and they were college kids, man. I mean, I don't
1: Was It wasn't just the students, though. Let's, let's be
2: clear. No, there's no way. There's no way it was just the students. There were some some grown ass men and women out there doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> Throwing um, but golf yeah. balls,
1: a range ball. That's somebody made sure to point out that that wasn't like a good golf ball. They like picked that up off the driving range and threw that one. You sure it wasn't putt putt <laughs> or putt, ball? it was, it was definitely bright yellow and that's not a yeah. very common color to be picking up. But now that new box to take to the links.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, USC at Notre Dame.
1: Yeah. That could yeah. be a pretty good game. Be a good one. So quick question. Of these three choices, who do you want to coach Texas Tech, Tech next? Jeff Trailer, Billy Napier, Joey McGuire.
2: Well, I mean, if if I have to, if I'm going to stay friends with Kyle, I've got to pick Joey McGuire. But I, I do think, um, you know, out of those three, it seems like Trailer would be the guy.
1: Really, Tr- Trailer would. Well. Because I look at the success that Napier's had at Louisiana, a terrible school, and they've won ten games back to back years.
2: But uh, Jeff uh, Trailer
1: didn't he start
2: the UTSA program?
1: No, cause they they brought in that guy that that coached at um, Miami for a long time in the eighties, Sch- Schnellenberger.
2: Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, he's only this is only his second year at UTSA. Seven and zero went seven and five his first year. Um, where else did he go? He was at Arkansas the year before that assistant head coach, running back coach. I think was at SMU before that. He's kind of just been everywhere. He's been at Texas. Uh, yeah. I coached Gilmer high school for 14 years. Was at Texas, then went to Texas special teams, coach SMU, Arkansas. And of course, UTSA now, but that, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm rooting for Matt Wells. I want Matt Wells to win Saturday. I want him to win at least one more game and then possibly, you know, then win the bowl game. That that's really what I want to happen cuz then I think everyone would kind of take a, a slight breath uh, if he went 7 and 5 and then won the bowl game and won 8 games for the first time since 2013.
1: Well, if you listen to I think to that-, that would
2: that would t- that would carry a lot of weight.
1: Well, I was gonna say if you listen to Gambling Gauchos, um, like they, they'd kind of convinced me that like maybe it doesn't matter what the record is, whether or not he gets fired and leaves, or whether he gets enough success, whether it's seven or eight wins, and then just finds his way out of Texas Tech and out of Lubbock.
2: You know, they sold me on that too, man. That doesn't. I, I often wonder that, and I think we talked about it. You know, what is what are the odds that cause we talked about this. He moved these guys from Utah, from Logan, Utah to Lubbock. He's got an obvious connection with David Yost and and Keith Patterson. You
1: know, as And Yost is still in town. Like he didn't leave yeah, after he got as, fired.
2: As co-workers, you know, possibly friends. So almost, I would imagine friends to an extent. So, you know, he yeah. he owes something to them. I'm sure he feels like he let Yost down by what had to have been an ultimatum because, you know, you might not look at it that way if it wasn't Sonny Cumbie they hired. Do you think that that was, that was Wells's idea? I mean, that, that was no. something that Gauchos brought up too. I've never thought that. I thought, well, okay, well, I I really bet he fought on having Yost fired because that's his guy that he brought and he brought his whole family down here and committed to this program. And that's who he believed in. I bet that was forced on him. And then I know for sure that the hiring of Sonny Cumbie was highly suggested. It had to have been because I don't think he's going to, that's not going to be Matt Wells's first call on his own. Hey, what about your former quarterback who's coaching at a big 12 rival? You think he might want to go anyway, I, I think I just kind of going back to what they were saying he may be wanting out just as much as a lot of the fan base seems to want him out. And he may use a seven and six or eight, five or, you know, whatever type season to kind of do that and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a Tommy Tumerville and, and go to Cincinnati or whatever, you know, Cincinnati is not a great example right now.
1: Right. Right. But like Like uh,
2: something that would be considered a lateral slash, lower tier move just just to go just to do something different and maybe get to completely run your own program again
1: and 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 the point they brought up that that made a lot more sense you, know, you talk about tuberville making that similar kind of move tuberville had been at power five schools before and then went down to cincinnati where it's like matt wells was at a, a group of five came up to power five doesn't like it has not not found success is not with the circumstances of how it's worked out the past couple of years uh and then specifically covid last year
2: pretty good job opening at washington state
1: yeah never know may work out for him so anyways just want to throw that in there really quickly before we get to your questions um wanted to see what michael thought on the the next coach at texas tech <laughs> <laughs> we, we're not we're not uh we don't have a, a, an opening yet but no, Anyways. and
2: and I will say that the only thing, if if Tech, I think if Tech doesn't make a bowl game, I'd be on board with a change. Excuse me, sorry, <laughs> sorry if y'all heard that. If and I I hate to say this, but if Tech does win Saturday, and then that's the last win they have the rest of the year, I think I'd be okay with a change there too. Because if, think- if Tech starts off six and two, and then loses. You know, loses out the rest of the year, loses their final five games, including the bowl game, and goes six and seven. You go from six and two to six and seven in year three. And yeah, I know Kingsbury did that stuff a couple times, but um, (laughs) I was a lot more lenient, I will say that, to a fault. Um, But I do think that that would probably be kind of like enough for me, and that's probably going to be enough for most everybody else.
1: I I I I still maintain that like six wins this year is not really an improvement from last year. Like you probably would have had six wins had you played a full schedule last year, because you you won your one non conference game
2: um, barely, very, very 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 close,
1: and then you went three and six, uh, in your your conference schedule. You if you were to beat Kansas State this weekend and lose the last four, you will go three and six in conference again. Um, so yes, you won more games, but you played more games this year. Uh, and it wasn't that like you didn't play your strongest opponents. Like you, you didn't play your, your weaker opponents last year. So, um, yeah. s- six wins may not be enough to keep them. Uh, and then I think really anything over seven may be enough for him to be Like that's enough. I'm out peace because I'm going to
2: Pullman. He doesn't I'm going out to Pullman, man. I'm I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah.
1: He doesn't Don't like, worry about me the the fan support here uh, doesn't like that Kirby may or may not have dictated a, a hire and fire on, on his staff. Um, maybe that th- there were some really tough conversations and like, we're going to fire you and then like something happened and didn't. Um, I don't know. Maybe good.
2: just be a straight up swap. Maybe he'll just, they'll shake hands. He'll shake hands with Billy Napier at louisiana <laughs> yeah yeah maybe they'll just shake hands in dallas and go their
1: separate ways i don't know man all right let's uh let's let's get to your, your questions now are these really the questions that i was called here to answer
4: who's in the box uh, what's in the box i'm ron burgundy damn it who typed a question mark on the teleprompter
0: You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want
4: answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
1: All right. So you tweeted out this afternoon, Texas Tech hasn't won back-to-back conference games since 2018. Will they break that streak while becoming bowl eligible for the first time in four seasons? And how hashtag blessed are we to have a top 10 barbecue spot nearby at Evie Mays? hitting record tonight. So if you didn't catch it, Evie Mays was listed uh, number eight, I believe in the state top 50 barbecue joints by Texas yes. monthly. They, they had their, uh, their barbecue editor on the trail. This was last week. Um, yeah. He, well,
2: he's, he's been slowly. I think the last time they did this was 2017. And so he's really ramped it up the last six months or a year to come out with the latest issue. And I can't remember where Evie Mays was in 2017, but it may have been about the same spot. Uh, But yeah, I mean, they're they're number eight. Um, They had like the top 10 and then they listed 40 more and then they listed like 50 more (laughs) honorable mentions, which is great because that means you got to include Evie Mays, of course. Um, Pitforks and Smoke Rings. Yeah, Pitforks and Smoke Rings made the honorable mention out in Slayton. Those guys are great. They're really good. Yes. Um, Brisket, mac and cheese. Oh, yes. And spicy cabbage. I mean, their barbecue goes without saying, but those sides. It's all good. Oh, those sides are so good, too. Um, The Rejino, I'm probably butchering that somehow, R-E-J-I-N-O out in Olton. They're basically 30, 40 miles due north of Littlefield. So it's about a 45-minute drive from my house because I've looked up directions because I want (laughs) to (laughs) go at some point. Um, they made the, the official 50 list. Uh, they don't number past 10, I don't think, but they made the list and I, I somehow got turned on to them probably from Texas monthly the last six months or so. And so I started following them on social media and stuff. They look legit. They look really good and they will set up, uh, sometimes they'll take their truck into
1: I think Plainview here and there. Yeah. Cause they're about, uh, Olton, uh, looks about, about halfway between Plainview and Muleshoe. East West and directly north of Littlefield.
2: Yeah. So I think they'll set up there sometimes with their food truck. Uh, I really want to get out there, but man, it was great to see pit forks and smoke rings on there and Tom and bingos. Tom and bingos has kind of had a renaissance. The, uh, the young man who took it over after his father-in-law passed away. Suddenly he didn't really get a chance to, well, I mean, nobody does. Nobody gets a chance to learn as much as they want from somebody in that position. When, when there's a, a, a sudden Death and passing of the torch, but he's, he's really kind of revamped things a little bit. I think they do a lot of the stuff they used to do, but then I think he's, he's changed how they do briskets. I think he's added ribs, um, tacos, I believe they still do their burgers, which everybody loves. So Tom and bingos is another place I haven't been to since he's kind of revamped things in the last couple of years and I really want to get, get there and try that again, but that made the honorable list as well. I didn't mean to talk about barbecue that much. Um, but that's, I don't know. It's kind of one of my things.
1: So pro tip, uh, given to us by, um, Texas monthly. If you're going to go trial, the Regino barbecue, um, pre-order your queue online before 9am the day of. So your trip to Olton doesn't end in heartbreak. Yeah good thing you can order online, yeah, order ahead. Um, but yeah, so he's, they, they post on, on Facebook yesterday about uh, just how humbling it was to be listed as a top 50 barbecue in the state after, you know, opening up in 2017. Uh, it's got a great photo of, of Aaron with a big plate of barbecue coming out the window. It's got sausage and ribs and brisket. It looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, may, we may have to try to get out there. Hey, that's uh, not a bad idea. Road trip. Road trip. It's like a, you know, 45-minute drive out there.
2: It's it's not bad. I mean, when you grow up out here, 45 minutes is nothing.
1: Anyways, um, so Abby Mays actually liked this tweet. So, way to go. You're getting their attention. Good. Uh, Kyle Link. Always count on him. If there was ever a game to do it, this is the one. This is talking about getting back-to-back conference wins and getting to bowl eligibility. At some point, the team is going to stack some success, hoping and praying this is the week that... The good tech, air quotes, shows up again. Tech thirty-five, Kansas State thirty-one.
2: I love the positivity, Kyle,
1: and I love the, predi- the prediction there. Uh, Chris yep. Carpenter, the Shack, should be on that list too. Um,
2: the Shack I, recently reopened.
1: That and that I haven't been had, there. Yeah, it probably had something to do with them I, missing the list. Whether it's because they they weren't open long enough, or they weren't open when when, when the the editor was here, or they're still working some things out with the new ownership, but. Yeah, they the shack haven't been is open,
2: what's, it six months maybe since they reopened? It may not, not even, even be that, that
1: long. Yeah, th- they were always good when I
2: went out there. Yes. Yep. Uh, really not, enjoyed it. They had really good mac and cheese too. I mean, I know I'm just talking sides because no, I, I if know, we're but talking like, about these places, like they all have good ribs, they all have good brisket.
1: <laughs> the loaded baked potato sausage. salad.
2: Oh, man. So good. Yeah. So, you know, the barbecue is good but I feel like, you know, the, the secret is the sides and, you know, Evie Mae's the, oh gosh, all of their desserts.
1: Oh, the sheet all cake. Of, oh, yeah.
2: I, their I desserts it. are just so killer. They have like this bread pudding thing, which my wife doesn't even like bread pudding. Oh, it's cornbread pudding. I think that's why it's slightly different. She doesn't even really like bread pudding, but she loves that. And it is really good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're talking sides and everything. Cause And that, I think that was what was interesting about Tom and Bingo's was the, those burgers they have, they're like really thin patties and it just kind of almost looks like a, like a fast food burger. And I mean that in like the highest compliment, like a little, like almost a a, a White Castle looking thing or something. And then I think it has brisket on it or the patties made of, I don't know. I need to uh, get, get better on my Tom and Bingo's knowledge because that is my favorite sauce to buy. If you see their sauce, I really like that. That's kind of my go-to. Um, you can buy their sauce in United out here. Did not see it at H-E-B. Oh. Just, just <laughs> don't want that out there. Okay. H-E-B,
1: get some Tama Bingo sauce. <laughs> we, we've kind of morphed into what do we learn. Let's play this real quick and then we'll, we'll wrap up this episode. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't, I don't know either. All right, so I'll go first, Michael, and uh, hit you with a little bit of TMI. Uh, I had some (laughs) some stomach bug issues running through the family this week, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, I went down for a nap Sunday afternoon after church and it ended up being three hours. It was not a nap at that point. Oh, my Um, God. And then I woke up. I was like, I don't feel good. (laughs) And that's the worst, right? Like You wake up from a nap and you're like, something's different. Um, and, and at that point, it was just like the, like that feeling of overeating and like that, the very, the pain of, of like just overindulging, like right here at the very top of your stomach, your diaphragm area. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I haven't eaten in four hours. Where's this pain coming from? I was like, I looked it up, I was like, it could be ulcers. It could be a uh, hiatal hernia and then all this kind of stuff. Oh my God. And then it was like, Anyways, as, as a lot of people can attest, you can lose a lot of weight with, with a stomach bug. I'm down 10 pounds. Hey, look at you. It's, it's, it's not, it's not because of that, Michael. One, because oh. I haven't really been able to eat much. Um, but two is like, my body was like, everything is out. Everything must go. <laughs> everything must go to fire sale. Yeah. Um, unfortunately though, my, my older son also picked it up and he came in a room last night at three o'clock. He's like, mom, <sighs> I threw up. I was like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. no. <sighs> blessed. Hashtag blessed. Made it to the bathroom, made it into the toilet. It was like, oh, well then you're good, man. Just, just, just rinse out your mouth, get a small drink of water, grab a pot and go back to bed. <laughs> and like he, he, he stayed home from school. Not, not feeling well today. Um, also, this may have been like his first introduction to some diarrhea. he's like, what is oh, happening? I'm like, dude, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the stomach bug. I was like, it, it obviously was upsetting to him. Like he didn't know what was happening or what took expect like, no, I, th- this is, this is part of it, man. You just, yeah, you just I don't mean to laugh because, because
2: yeah, I can't imagine the first time that happened and you go wait,
1: what, wait, what is, what wait." Is, what is, <laughs> Like everything, he about came out of the bathroom wrong. and like sat down on the couch next to us and like looked disturbed, <laughs> like upset. Like, is everything okay? Like, You're Like, you feeling okay? He was like, anyways, there was a really interesting conversation. I was like, oh, because you probably haven't had this before, and
2: yeah. Anyways, son, it's a part of growing up. Um, <laughs> you know, it happens to us all. You know, you go you go through changes. You just your body's just going through changes right now. Um, yeah, so you get to have that conversation.
1: We did. And the, the biggest thing that has been difficult for me is drinking enough water. Cause like I, I've had like the dehydrated headaches too. It was like, well, I, I, I don't feel hungry. I don't feel like I can keep anything down, but like with what's happening, I'm, <laughs> I need to be ingesting something. And I was getting just terrible headaches all, all yesterday um, drinking water as best I can. But yeah, man, Stomach bugs going around the school. Apparently, when we called in to the school and let them know that Grayson was going to be out, like, oh, is it a stomach bug? We're like, it must have come from the school. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> apparently, a lot of kids are calling out for that. Anyways, stomach bug in the Rogers household. Well, I feel I quite a that- bit better today. It started Sunday afternoon. I I feel feel a lot better today, but.
2: I learned a lot about your gastrointestinal issues. That's what I, I, I learned today. You.
1: I told you TMI was coming and coming.
2: Man, you did. You did. I, I did not know where that was going. Um, well, I had down here that I, I just wrote that Evie Mays is still damn good. Yes. Sir. And then I talked, I talked about barbecue for like 10 minutes in the question. So I came up with another one. I did go see no time to die by James Bond,
1: by James, by Bond. James Bond. How was it?
2: <laughs> well, you know, he's a really good writer as we discussed, uh, you know, because he wrote most of Quantum of Solace. But no, I uh, I was pretty impressed with it. It's two hours and 43 minutes. So, you know, maybe maybe watch one of those channels late at night that has those home delivery catheters or something before you go. And just that way you don't miss
1: anything. But yeah, two hours and forty
2: three minutes. That is a long.
1: That's like uh, time. That, that is no time
2: to. That is no time to pee. <laughs> is what that is, but I don't have. I don't really have any big notes on it. It's. I do like how they ended it, even though it doesn't surprise me too much with how they ended it. It just kind of seemed like that's the direction this was going. But uh, I really appreciated the overarching <laughs> story. And I'm really glad I watched the previous movies before because I think I would have enjoyed it, but I I would have been very lost with who these people were, what their motivations were, what was happening. So, you know, if you're like me and you're a week and a half to two weeks behind watching the the latest big release, you might go ahead and watch the other four James Bond movies before seeing No Time to Die because otherwise you'll be going, now why? Now who's that? Now who's she? (laughs) Now who's he? Why why is why is this upsetting to to him? Why why is this a problem? Uh, But it was it was fun. I I enjoyed it. They had a Aston Martin in it from I think one of Timothy Dalton's films. Which film? I use the word film. Ugh, I'm so pretentious. But they had one of Timothy Dalton's cars, which I thought was pretty cool. Little nod uh, because they've usually just done Connery's DB5, which I mean that's iconic. It's great. That's in the first. Big scene, so really enjoyed it. um I do like James Bond movies a lot, though. So if you're one that who doesn't really like them, you may not.
1: I have no idea. Yeah. So mentioning the runtime, one, you could have watched two thirds of that movie by the time you you get through this episode. Um, <laughs> that uh, that Gambling gauchos episode was like an hour fifty, and I was here for every minute of it. Oh yeah, um, it was great. Interstellar two forty nine. Yep that's right there and when that came out we're like dang that's a long movie it
2: was it was a long movie along with um return of the
1: king yeah all righty for michael i'm spencer that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast want to thank scott mcfarland of bosco's boys again for joining us be sure to catch our post-game instant reaction show over on spotify green room about 30 minutes maybe an hour after the end of the game uh, for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you
0: for listening to the 23 Personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK and find even more great content over on stakingtheplains.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.